If someone else were writing the story of Christmas, the shepherds may have been included for comic relief. A few rough blue-collar guys to anchor the fantastic plot in reality. But God honors shepherds. King David was a shepherd, and the promised Messiah, born that night not far away, was the greatest shepherd of all. These guys were no joke to the angels who brought the birth announcement. Yes, the shepherds were scared when the darkness exploded in light all around them. Who wouldn't be? But they heard the message, and they believed it. The Messiah has come. And after they found the baby. They were the first to tell the story of Christmas, the one we're still telling today. Good morning, church. Hey, thank you for being here today. It's always a joy to be with you on the first day of the week to worship our risen Savior, the very reason for the season, as they say, and what a joy it is to come together as the family of God to acknowledge that we do have a risen Savior, amen, uh, that he is advocating for us right, behind, right beside uh, God himself uh, for our cause, for our plight. We're going to talk about that today as we continue our series in the gifts of Christmas and talk about the gift of reconciliation. Uh, It's going to be a great time to be in the Word of God to discover how we are reconciled and continue to move toward reconciliation with God, but also as we talk about the gift of reconciliation one with another, especially within maybe our immediate family and uh, friend group that we do have. Uh, We're going to be in 1 John chapter 4 this morning along with Romans chapter 8, and I hope you've got your Bibles. We'll turn with me there. There will be a couple of uh, moments I want you to circle some things, highlight some things in your Bible, and so I hope you've got that. That, uh, open and ready uh, to dig into the Word of God this morning. A couple of things I want to make you aware of too as well. One is this past week we got in about half the glass uh, for our kids' wing and that's been installed. Uh, we're waiting on the other half of that to come and it should be here the 20th. Uh, once we get that weather tight, we can start moving quickly on the interior of that kids' wing and it's going to be a great thing uh, for ministry here for our kids and for our families. I know you as well as staff here is looking forward to that moment. We can move into that, get kids in there, uh, and then maybe start to reconfigure some of this old space over here. I say old space, we've only been here four years, right? Uh, some, some of the space that will be alleviated over here for our uh, youth and uh, families a- as well. We also want to make you guys aware, it's already been said, but this Wednesday night, you're going to want to be here. It's our annual event called Supper with Santa. It's a great opportunity to have the kids out, invite your neighbors, invite your coworkers and their families to be here and be a part of that. I know Mr. and Mrs. Claus are supposed to make an appearance. I think Elf will be here as well, and we'll have dinner together. It'll be a great moment just to be in this space uh, together to celebrate uh, the season and the holiday together with our kids. Uh, and so make sure that the invitation gets out, but also you call the office so we can make sure to have enough food on hand uh, to take care of everyone. 
Well, as I said, we're right in the middle of this series called The Gifts of Christmas, and we're going to be talking about reconciliation. Uh, How do we uh, move through and toward a reconciled lifestyle with God? And even uh, equally important, how do we reconcile our relationships that we have here on earth? We're going to dig into the Word of God and really discover today what that truly looks like. We're going to start out with uh, a video clip because most of us have uh, kids in our life. Some of us are, uh, have uh, adult children, some of us are old enough to have adult grandchildren, and you know as well as I do, there are moments in life that become hmm, a little tumultuous. Uh, there are moments in our life where things happen that kind of strain relationships, and sometimes we have to take it upon ourselves to take that first step toward making things right. Let's watch our clip. It's been a while since we talked. That's the way it is with your kids, though, right? You never talk as much as you'd like. Used to. They'd hang on every word, every story, every joke, every little song. We had some times. Some amazing times. Then they got a little older, a little wiser is how one of them put it. He said he knew he didn't know everything, but uh, he knew enough to know that my ways, my values, my philosophies on life were a little too, well, basically they wanted their freedom. They're my kids. I gave them what they wanted. Little by little, I watched them change. Push back against the things I taught them, lose heart. You know, they tried so, so hard to steer clear of me. I wanted nothing more than to have things right between us. So I kept doing things. Sent letters, called, left voicemail. I even sent messages through friends. Nothing. No response. Whether it was that they thought the distance between us was too great or they were ashamed. You know, it really doesn't matter. You know, when they were little, I used to tell them over and over again, I love you no matter what got to be a, a thing between us. I would say, I love you, and they'd finish it, no matter what. <laughs> they heard it so often that sometimes they just roll their eyes when I said it. But I, I wanted to make it so, so clear to them that there was nothing they could do to make me stop loving them. And that thing I said, it's never stopped being true. So I'm packing up and I'm going to them. Not bringing any presents. Just a gift of making things right. There's nothing that'll separate me from my kids. Not the past, not the future. Nothing. 
Nothing. I'm forgetting about all the stuff in the past. And the relationship we used to have? Well, we're gonna have a new relationship. After this trip, things will never be the same with us. That's a good thing. New beginnings, that's what I'm all about. That's my plan for this Christmas. A new beginning with my kids. I know what you're thinking. You've got a dad who, who just wants to make things right with his kids, to, to reconcile, even though they've drifted apart in their relationship, even though things are not as, as they should be, as they want to be, and he's tried everything under the sun to make that relationship come back together. This season, he's going to make a decision to give himself, no presents. He, he's just going himself. He's taking that first step. He's getting in the car and he's driving. He's saying, I'm going to make this right because my love for them never, ever ends. He gives of himself a brand new beginning. He says, I love my kids that much. I'm going to go to them. They may distance themselves from me. They may want their own freedom, but I love them enough that I want to be in their life. I want to be part of their life. And so we read that story in Luke chapter 2 of love that came down at Christmas. It was turned into a poem and a song in 1885 uh, by a a woman by the name of Christina Rossetti. And, And the title is absolutely beautiful. Love came down at Christmas. The words go like this. Love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas, star and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead, love incarnate, love divine. Worship we our Jesus, but wherewith for sacred sign. Love shall be our token, love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and all men, love for plea and gift and sign. You and I have a father who loves us dearly. His desire is to reconnect with us, although we've wanted our freedom, although we've made our own game plan, although we've moved along in life, and sometimes it's been at breakneck speed away from that relationship. But in our video, we've got a family who desperately needs their father, and he wants to make things right with his family. And let's be honest, there are moments in our life where things can be tough. Things can be difficult. Families don't always see eye to eye on everything, do they? You remember moments with your own family, your own kids, your own aunts and uncles, your brothers and sisters, mom and dad. Words were said. Emotions were strained. Feelings were hurt. Expectations were not met. Blame was then assigned, leaving within our relationships painful wounds that sometimes are difficult to heal and to mend. 
I mean, it happens. Life happens. If we're not careful, though, relationships in our families that were meant to be absolutely beautiful can end up being very bruised. Relationships that God created for us to be in right here on earth with one another have to be taken care of because our relationship together should be beautiful. And it can at times, though, lead to brokenness that creates a chasm that seems too large to be, to be spanned or bridged. Sometimes we think about reconciliation and how do we get back to the relationship that we once had, not only with our Father, but also with one another. You see, that is one of the beautiful parts of Christmas is that God began rebuilding that relationship back to his creation. He began because he longed to have with with the world that was in bad shape, that relationship again. He knew that we needed rescued. We had made some poor decisions along the way, and his decision was to get back to us at whatever cost, whatever it might take. And instead of waiting for the world to come back to him, he took the initial step. He took that first step. God took the initiative to love you and me, to make things right with the world. The only reason that we can come into the presence of God is because that the Father gave such a wonderful gift, a heart filled with love. He set the example for us what love truly looks like by sending His Son to live among us, to be that love, that gift that came down from heaven. And in our text in 1 John Chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 19, but then work backwards in just a moment. And if you've got your Bible with you, verse 19 is one of those verses that you need to circle. You need to highlight, you need to put an asterisk by, because for you and for me, it reminds us why we love. Verse 19, John says, we love each other because he loved us first. Even when we were unlovable, he he made every possible plan to come down and be part of our life, to, to make that first step forward, to be everything that we could not be. It was God who took that first step. God came down in the form of Emmanuel that we sang just a few moments ago, God with us, God with skin on. And for some 33 years, we, as his creation, got to interact with him. You see, God knew that if things were going to be made right, he was going to have to take that first step to be reconciled to his creation. And so he did. He made that first move for you and for me. And his move was based on love and relationship. You see, as we read through 1 John, the central theme there is all about love because God is love. He is the gift that reminds us what our presence here is all about, our purpose is all about, to to live a life that gives love back to the Creator, but also to one another, to have a, a bright and cheerful love in our life. It's a love that He sent to us that it was as bright as the star over Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. Shining so bright in a world that is so dark, but yet 
The light pierces the dark. It reminds us where we need to be, where we need to go. It's as if he's beckoning us home. And John reminds us in the text that we're going to look at today, 1 John chapter 4, what love truly looks like, beginning in verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. How will the world ever know about this story? Because you and I are interacting that story out in our life. We want the world to see that bright star. We want to see them to see the love that God has for each and every person. And so in us, our love for one another is made resilient and bright for the world to see. You see, perfect love is a love that is Not only in a right relationship with God the Father, but in a relationship, in a right relationship with each other. Especially with our family and tight circle of friends. Because God has perfected love, we find ourselves in a growing relationship with Him. Who loved us absolutely and completely. He is the reason and the purpose That we live life and have life. You see, in in Scripture from the get-go, God has always had this plan of salvation in place. This love had always intended to come down from heaven. God says all through the Bible, I'm going to make something new. Something different than maybe you expected. Something maybe different than you ever thought might be possible in your own life. But because of our rebellious nature, you and I fight every day so that change will not occur. Human beings love homeostasis. You give any given Sunday morning in any given church across America. You sing a different song. I'm not sure about that. Chairs are turned a little different. I'm not sure about that. We want everything exactly the same. And we want to keep things the way they are. But God reminds us, after this, nothing will be the same. Everything will be made new. The prophet Isaiah allows God to use him as a preacher and prophet some 600 years before Jesus was ever on the earth. And God says through the prophet Isaiah in verse 19, Isaiah chapter 43, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a path through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry 
wasteland. We're reminded that Jesus himself uses that text when he begins his ministry in Mark chapter 1. He is making something new through his son for you and I to have a different life. I mean, what if that newness, what if that was something that could happen every single Christmas? What if that newness was something that you and I thought could happen every day of our life? What if that reconciled life was something that you and I woke up every morning when we put our feet on the floor and decided that through the grace of God, through His Son Jesus Christ, things are going to be different today. Things are going to be new for everyone that I touch and come in contact with, family, friends, co-workers, whoever it may be. They will see the light within me that I've been programmed and purposed to share. I mean, you and I remember the story of the prodigal son. It's, it's a fairly common story. If you grew up in church at all, you heard the story from Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. But understand that when Jesus tells this story, it is absolutely astonishing. It is mind-blowing for the listeners in the moment. It is ostentatious. It is, it is crazy. Because the story begins in Luke 15, 11, and 12. A man had two sons. And the younger son went to the father and said, I want my inheritance. And the father made arrangements to give him his inheritance. In the hearing of the opening of this story, those that were there in Israel listening to Jesus would have been appalled. This is not something that you do. This is reprehensible. It is, it is low down and dirty. It is almost unforgivable. You want the money coming to you before I die? Oh, that's just ridiculous. You and I have heard this story over and over and over. So I found a different way to tell that story using social media. I hope that you can keep up. Let's watch.
cue the Bing, Cro- Bing Crosby song, I'll Be Home for Christmas. And that younger brother, as he walked along that road, feeling regretful and worthless, wanted desperately to be reconciled to his father. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. I I can humble myself. I'm not even worthy to, to have your last name anymore. But can I come home? How many of us have said that to God? How many have have been so far away and desired to come home? To to be reconciled to the Father who desperately want to be in that relationship yet again, even know what they have done with their life. The mistakes that have been made, the statements that have been made. How many of us desire to be back in the waiting arms of a father? Yet we know in this story that that the father waits on the front porch. He's looking in the distance and sees his son coming down the road. And the father runs to meet him with open arms. The son on his knees, weeping. I'm so sorry. I'm unworthy to be back home. Can I, can I please sleep in the barn? I'll be up to do chores in the morning. What's my punishment? And the father, wanting that reconciled relationship, picks him up off the ground. And it's not, I told you so. It's not, listen, we'll talk about punishment later. No, it's bring a ring for his finger, shoes for his feet, bring, bring a robe. Let's get the guy a bath. Because my son is home. We are back in relationship. And that relationship that was missing is now reunited yet again. My son who was not in my life is now back in my life. And there will be celebration. There will be dancing and a party and food. Friends and family back together. I know that decisions were made that you are not proud of, but those are gone. And now we are back into the mending part of our relationship, one with another. No doubt there are people in your life that maybe have made tough decisions along the way, decisions you would not have made. But as we look at this picture of how the Father worked with us in our mistakes... What will it look like for you? Maybe this Christmas could be about relationships that have lingering wounds that need to be healed within your family or your friend group. And it may not all happen at once. I mean, after all, we're we're not God. We're not Jesus Christ. We are human beings. It may take a little at a time. But what if one step, that first step, would lead to a second step and then maybe a third step? Perhaps all God desires to happen this Christmas season is for someone to take the initiative, like he set the example for us, to say a a fresh start needs to happen. And it begins with you. It begins with me. I mean, in our lives, in our relationships, there is nothing beyond repair. There is no relationship that is beyond fixing 
not even our own relationship with God, no matter how far we feel we have drifted away from the Father's relationship. There's a a country song that came out in 2003 by Jimmy Wayne. The story is, is very powerful. It moves me every time I hear it. It's about a little boy who desires a relationship with his dad, but his dad's out of the picture because of divorce. He may see him once a year. And even though he's not treated well, the son still wants the relationship. Till eventually the son grows up to be a man, the father passes away, and he is in the church at the funeral. He believes he's not been loved his whole life, that no one's reached out to him, that he's been walking alone his whole life, till in the middle of the funeral moment, he looks up and he sees the cross with a figure of Jesus hanging on that cross, and he realizes the relationship that has always been there for him, although other people let us down. And he says that God looks at us through his Son, And reveals, I love you this much. And I'm waiting on you to make up your mind. Do you love me too? No matter how long it takes, I'm never giving up. No matter what, I love you this much. Paul reminds us in his letter to the church in Rome what that love truly looks like, what that reconciled life truly looks like with our God. The enemy, Satan, will put all kinds of ideas in your head and my head that that we're not good enough, that reconciliation is impossible. It's just not going to happen. But God says something different in his story in Luke 2 to say, no, I will come to you. I want to take the initiative to be a part of your life. And we are called then to turn around and reciprocate. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 beginning. I mean, what shall we say about about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? I mean, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Church, we've been reconciled to our Creator, to our Father. 
His desire is to have a relationship with you. God meets us and sees us in the space that is too great for you and I to span. So God comes to us. Love comes down from heaven for you and for me. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever your past may be, whatever you're dealing with presently is not enough to keep you away from a relationship with God. He waits for you. He's on the front porch watching to see. I've loved you this much and I'm waiting on you to see if you love me too. No matter how broken we are, no matter how separated that we feel we are from God, church, we've been reconciled through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through his life on this earth, we can look and exemplify and see what that love should look like in our own life. And so if we have freely received that gift of reconciliation from God, why would we withhold that from those around us? We are called to be the light of the world. We are called to be Jesus incarnate. It is our place now as disciples of Christ who live that ignited lifestyle than to spread out that love amongst those that we come in contact with. To reconcile those relationships maybe that have been difficult along the way. To take that initial step and who knows with that first step there may be a second and a third. Like God has motioned and shown us in his own life. He's taken that first step. And the question is this morning, will you be reconciled to him? Will you come home? Will you accept his gift of his son and be reconciled to him? Will you live that kind of life this holiday season and beyond? What if you and I made a decision that every morning that we got up, every morning we put our feet on the floor, that we said today I'm starting something new, like God did so many years ago. It's a gift that you could give him this holiday season by saying, I want to be a part of your life. I want to be what you're all about. It's a gift you could give those around you as well to say, all is forgiven. Let's start something new. The message is yours. I'm going to ask Brad and the praise team to come to the stage at this time as we sing this final song. Maybe there's someone in our our audience this morning who desperately needs prayer to move on from something they've been holding on to. And our shepherds and their wives will be gathered around the wall of this room. I want to encourage you to go speak with them. Let them pray for you. Let them pray over you. Let them help you move forward in the process of reconciliation. My hope is this morning that you will make a decision to be fully reconciled to Christ that you will accept that gift of love from God and that you in your own life will become love to all those around you. Let's stand and sing together.